Got time for a quick story. The State Theater in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, my hometown, is a longtime entertainment venue. It was a vaudeville theater, then it became a movie theater. It was dormant for a few years, then it got completely renovated in the 1980s, became the main performing arts venue in Eau Claire. Eventually, needed replacement. And Pablo Center at the Confluence replaced it in 2018, and that's now where all the main performances happen in Eau Claire. I hadn't seen the behind-the-scenes part of the State Theater until sometime in the, oh, somewhere around the mid-2000s when Tonic Solfa came. Tonic Solfa has come to Eau Claire many times, a cappella group, four-person a cappella group. Sean Johnson is part of Tonic Solfa. The Sean Johnson Big Band Experience has been to Eau Claire a few times, as has Tonic Solfa. Both have performed at the State Theater and the new Pablo Center at the Confluence. And this upcoming August 24th, as of this interview, that's still in the future, is when the Sean Johnson Big Band Experience will perform at Pablo Center at the Confluence. So we are talking with Sean Johnson. Let's start with... Meeting in the State Theater many years ago, was it about maybe 2004, 2005, uh, meeting you guys in Tonic Sofa back in the State Theater in the in the underground pseudo dressing room they had back there. <laughs> what I mean, you now that you've seen both venues and the State Theater had its history, but Pablo Center is new. What do you think of the new venue in Eau Claire for performing? Oh, man, the Pablo Center, it is probably one of the most amazing stops on our tours. When we first went there, when just when it opened, I was one of the first artists in, the, in that first week. I couldn't believe it. And then we came back for Tonic Solo for the Christmas tour. And uh, definitely it stands out in the entire Midwest. We maybe do a 10-city a tour at that time of the year. Excuse me, a 10-state tour, I should say. And I don't think there's anyone that beats it currently. Really? I've heard good things, especially about the big the big performance hall. It's the RCU Theater uh, that, that that was designed a certain way with like computer-focused acoustics and, every, and everything in there. So the sound is apparently one of the best places to perform, like you said, kind of in the upper Midwest. Yeah, it's just beautiful. It's done so well. The people are so on top of everything. It's like they've thought of each and everything you might need. And I played both rooms, and um, they're both, they, they both have their unique features, and they're just uh, an amazing place to play. You feel like everybody's close, but yet it has this modern, you know, spacious feel. And I, I love both rooms and just love coming back to Eau Claire, of course. And on that point of Eau Claire, what, and obviously Tonic Sulfa being based in the upper, upper Midwest, a lot of, Min, a lot of Minnesota focus, including yourself, and then, then naturally carrying over to the Big Band experience. Is there anything in particular that you have liked coming over and a reason to keep coming back to Eau Claire in the Chippewa Valley over over a decade now. Yeah, I mean, in some ways it all starts with the people. I mean, I think it comes with support and people that want to do something, especially with a big band. You know, everyone's familiar with Tonic Sulfa in some way, you know, because we've just toured so much. But with a big band, it was it was such a new feature. And people are like, oh, you're leaving Tonic Sulfa, are you going solo or something? And I was just doing it for creativity and passion i've always loved the music but i just wanted a more modern kind of spin and i think it kind of gave me a love back of singing in some ways because in tonic Sulfa, i think you get used to what you're doing and you get used to the towns and you get used to the places and so starting big band was just a crazy thing a whole bunch of different musicians from around the midwest and 
I think Eau Claire, like I said, it's always supported Tonic Souls at every stage of our career. I love seeing the town grow, too. You know, that whole area around the theater, man, it has changed in that 10 years you just referenced. Yeah, and and yeah, it's it's a definite growth area. I know there are plans for even more things to develop around there. I mean, the pinnacle is Pablo Center, obviously, but there's going to be more and more. So if you come back in a year, it'll probably be different. And a year after that, it'll probably be different again and just keep going and going from there. Your big band concept, how did that come about? How long have you been interested in doing something like that? <laughs> yeah, I thought about it since I was a kid, but I don't know that I knew what it was. I mean, I don't think I knew when I was little. Oh, that's a big band sound. But some of the things I loved at Christmas when we first started and now in the regular year, it's just the arrangement of horns and it's the driving beats and it's the crazy bass. It's also kind of the rawness of it all. And it has this kind of history but again, I can't beat any of those historical figures at what they're doing. So all I want to do is create my own sort of big band sound. But you're still influenced by all those great artists, of course. And I think a guy doing it right now who's doing such a great job in his own way, of course, is Michael Bublé, um, who a lot of people know. But even if you do or don't, um, it's just kind of such fun music, but it also has so much emotion to me. And I love it. It's been just a crazy ride. I mean, we started doing Christmas shows and we didn't see each other for a year and then about two years ago we're like let's just do this full time we'll split my time between tonic soul and big band and so it's found its legs and just started running i mean not to use a cheesy analogy but it has just been crazy we have a our first national tour starts in savannah coming up this january we head all the way over to la and um we're just doing oh man it's grown from you know 10 shows to 80 shows and uh, we just had a top five on Billboard in our first national album, which came out uh, in July. So that's never happened to me before. It was super exciting. I think I cried when they told me. <laughs> Let's not tell anybody. Oh, wait a minute. We are telling people. But, uh, so it's just, been, uh, it's just it's been unbelievable to me. And you get to do like club settings and you get to do orchestras. But on the other hand, you get to do these beautiful performing arts centers like the Pablo Center. How do you determine where to go on a national tour and kind of judge where the best market is, either in terms of fandom that's carried over from Tonic Sofa, perhaps, and or areas that would be receptive to this kind of music? Man, what a qu- that's a good question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. I, uh, <laughs> and you're totally right. Sometimes we pick it because we're like, well, we've been to this town. It's got a lot of support. Um, let's see if. Not that you take those same fans and say, oh, now do you like this? Because that's like, hey, I have an ice cream store, and then I opened up a salon. Do you want to come and get your hair cut? It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily transfer. But I think you do have some people that will try and go, hey, I, I know that. There's some you know, recognizability, I guess. Um, but otherwise, you just try things where it's like different theaters that take a chance on you, different clubs who see a video. There are people who come to these kind of national showcases you can do. And they'll say, oh, we got to get you in our area for this. Um, we've done some orchestras, like I said, because they've seen some of our YouTube stuff and said, I want you to come and, and do, you know, this American song book or whatever it might be. So it's a variety of ways, like you suggested. And um, it's, it's interesting because it's kind of a whole different fan base than Tony Sulta. And it's interesting to go from one where everybody kind of, it's like kind of they know you and this is what we expect to another where they're like, what is this? <laughs> so I like uh, night to night experiencing that difference. 
putting together the big band? What was your particular approach to instrumentation? Every, I mean, every big band's going to have a slight difference in terms of the number of trumpets, number of trombones. Do you have which kind of guitar, et cetera? What was your priority in put, putting together the big band experience? Wow, you're good. You're good at thinking of all these creative <laughs> questions. I'm like, all right, from now on, I'm not talking to anybody else in radio except for you. Um, it was uh, it was cool because when we started, you know, I thought I just want to raise money for charity. That's the only reason I started it. The only reason I was doing it besides my love of it. But I was going to pay the guys, but you know, I wasn't paying myself. I was just just going to raise money for charity, and we still do that. But that was all we did when we first started. I thought we were only going to do a couple shows. That gets a lot harder when you do 80 shows. But um, but in some ways, we just always wanted that charitable component. And so because of that, you know, I've said it a few times, but it's so true. Like, you had to just get a few musicians. Like, what could I get by with that would still have a big band sound, but I wouldn't lose all the money just to pay for the guys or the girls playing? And so um, so we just started. I thought, you can always add to it, but let's just find, you know, the stripped-down horn section, the stripped-down rhythm section, put it together and then it'll be in the arrangements. We'll do big band arrangements with this crazy horns and it'll be so much fun and it'll be this kind of throwback, but it's modern. So I think that's what I started with. And I, you know, I was worried when we began, we're like, okay, we have eight people. People are like, that is not a big band. That is the tiniest big band in the world. <laughs> that's what I thought people would say. But then they see the show and they're like, man, it sounds like a big band. And that's totally the players. They're just, I just tried to find the best ones I could, you know, that weren't on uh, touring, Asia at the time, or whatever they might be doing. And uh, I just found them from all walks of life, and we get along so good. We just become we just become this band. Uh, currently, it's all men for no reason, I don't think, but it's just this band of brothers, I guess. <laughs> and um, it's worked great. What aspects uh, from Tonic Sulfa have carried over into this project? Like, what, what's that influence compared to maybe percentage-wise other influences of your just general musical influences? Yeah, Tommy Solo definitely comes into it because I think when I started, I I sang like one song in Tonic Solo when I joined the group. Um, and over the years, I'd sing two. And then we actually signed with a label wow, like halfway through our time. And they kind of they kind of said, hey, you need one singer. You can't have all these multiple singers. I don't know why. but And so at the time, they kind of said, who's it going to be? You know, and I, I kind of accidentally backed into that. Uh, being, you know, quote-unquote the lead singer. We have everybody sing, but it just tends to be on my shoulders maybe more, just like the bass is more on Jared's shoulders and the vocal percussion is on Theo's because I can't do it and <laughs> so forth and so on. But it was one of those things where Tommy Silva definitely, you know, it's, I had a long time to be able to grow into being a lead singer, so that comes from Tommy Silva. I think the entertainment value, Tommy Silva's always been we got to entertain and get these people at a punk festival. And then the next day we're at a county fair. And then the next day, you know, we're doing a corporate show. And so you have to entertain. And I think that definitely comes through. Not everybody does. It's just our, our style, I guess. And so that comes through. And I think just being on the road, Tony Silva has been, um, you know, always a performing arts organization. We've, we've never, I mean, we, we just live and die by touring. And so it's kind of in my blood. I, I love touring. I mean, I would just tour all the time, which currently I'm doing. So it's, uh, I think that's also a part of it is sort of being a road warrior. Mm -hmm. Now, 
all, going the other direction is going into the studio. Capital came out this past summer. As you were referencing the number five appearance. Which Billboard chart was that? Because I, I was looking at that going, hey, Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind & Fire is a new album. I'm, I'm looking at, at that image there. Which album chart was that? Yeah, it's on the it's on the Billboard Jazz album. So you have like Michael Buble, and it's got like Willie Nelson and like Trisha Yearwood, and wow. you know all these people that are putting out jazz albums. And I don't, you know, I I think people see big band and they go immediately that's jazz. But um, some some have put it on pop things. It just it just depends on how you reference it. But for me, I just thought it, it spoke to so much of our support because you only get on there by you know all the streams and all the downloads and all even the physical product. And so I thought it was pretty cool for just a no name like me <laughs> to to be on Billboard and keep going. And there's so many things like that that uh have been, you know, happening for us. Um they just chose like fifty artists from the United States to represent the Grammys, um, just to represent them in uh different like uh ways that you kinda try to push politically uh music change and, you know, protection for copyrights and all that kind of stuff. And anyway, they picked somebody from, um, you know, each state and we were voted in for uh, South Dakota where I currently live. (laughs) And so I thought that was kind of cool too. Just one of 50 artists in America. That's really cool. Um, the The creation process for this album, and I saw it. Your okay. I first want to get make sure I got all the CDs right because I saw also at, at your website there's the set list I, I'm seeing referred to as well. Yeah. What's the okay? The set list and Capital. They're both out. What is in case anyone's going? Hmm. There's two of them. What What, what do I do? <laughs> um, buy them both, obviously. But what's the difference between? <laughs> yeah. to explain for them because I've listened through them. But what explain the list? The difference for the listener. Yeah, I think Capital was just kind of the first um, foray into trying to do a kind of a, a national album, some songs that we do, some songs that we don't, songs we've written, found with other writers, all arranged by us, and and all arranged in some form of big band style, or at least a big band element to it. Um, and then the set list was more songs that I have recorded over the last few years with the big band, but I didn't really know what to do with. We've used some with YouTube videos, some we just did for fun, some were um, live. So I kind of put those all on the set list. So it's just kind of, I think, a perfect example of who we are and what we do. And Capital is sort of the first national thing. That uh, There are some songs that are going to movies and some songs that we're just trying to, to um, push. And some of them are things that you would know, uh, maybe just done in a different style, and then there's, a, like I said, quite a few originals. It's said that artists have an entire career to put together their first album, and obviously it's not your first musical project, <laughs> clearly, but for this, in terms of a national approach, I mean, it is essentially a debut album as far as the country is concerned. How did you approach the song selection for this? And was it kind of with that mindset of let's get together the best and put it on this project? Yeah, I'm a, you know, I'm a person who like, you know, in the middle of it, you're just trying to do everything you can. You always have a budget and you always have time. So if you had more time and more budget, you always think, oh, I would have done that differently. I would have done this differently. Um, and I think when I'm done with the project, I'm done. I'm like, OK, I'm already like right now I'm already recording another one. And it, I'm so excited about it because I'm like, oh, we, did, we can do this, we can do this better at this song. So in some ways, it's, I think it's a perfect snapshot of where you are at that point. And I picked some, a few songs that we um, had done in the show because I thought most of America obviously has no idea what you're doing or who you are. And so that's good. 
And then I put together a few originals that I really liked that um, we had done in the studio. And I put together a couple songs as well that people have sent me that I, I really liked or from other artists that I admire. And um, so I think it's just a perfect snapshot of me. But again, the minute I'm done, I'm kind of like, okay, I gotta, I'm so excited about the next thing because I learned from the last thing, you know, all the things that you like and all the things that you should do, but you also learn hopefully all the things you could do better. And what is one of the bigger things you learned about the, well, I guess the album creation process and the studio process and the writing and arrangement, et cetera, et cetera. What did you learn from Capital from doing all of this? To me, one of the biggest things is collaboration. Like, you know, when you listen to the instrumentalists, they will come up with all sorts of great suggestions, and I tried to, to do those. And, you know, working with other artists sometimes, which we do on this album, some people who sang with me, some people, there's a, a rap artist on there who I really liked on a particular song. Um, so the collaboration, I think I learned, like, to do more collaboration. But I've always wanted to, in that same vein, is have, like, a producer in a lot of ways, this album is just it's self-produced, like a lot of people would do. You, you try to do your best, and you know you have a great engineer and you have great players. But I, I think what I would learn going forward is you, you, it would be so fun to me maybe to work with someone who could pull the best out of you to say that's good, but let's try this. That's good, but let's try this. Because I love that collaborative effect, and I think I missed it in trying to fit into your budget and your time. You know, you miss that kind of thing where it's like, oh, we you know, paid a little bit more for this producer and spend a little more time, you know. The hard thing about that is you've got to find somebody who gets you and isn't just like, okay, let's gloss it over and make, you know, the next whatever album. You've got to have somebody that's like, I really get you, I really get your music, but I can get more out of you. And I think it's pretty hard to get it out of yourself. So in that way, I think Capital kind of taught me that. It's like you can do, you can do so much, but trust all the collaborations because they usually elevate it. Are there any particular producers you have an eye on that you'd like to request for a, for the next album? <laughs> Do you know anybody? <laughs> um, no, you know what? Somebody that's not in uh, the big band er in the big band sort of thing or the jazz thing. I would want the, the albums I listen to that I think are so beautifully produced. A lot of times are in R and B, or there's people who are doing. I always think of like Rick Rubin, who does you know who takes an artist and like kind of says you can write better, you can do better. Um, but I, those are, of course, you know, giant wishes. But I just think anybody that was in something else. I mean, I think it'd be cool if some some producer that was in like Americana or or folk or in you know something that was like, oh man, I wanna I wanna help this guy and we're gonna do something because I wanna do something different with big band. And I'm still finding my way and doing those kind of things. And you start where you know some of the songs are a tribute and some of the songs are um, you know maybe interesting arrangements, but they're songs that you know. And I love that, but I want to get more creative, of course, and I want to try and stretch the boundaries. So I think anybody that would help you do that and maybe isn't already stuck in, oh, I've produced a big band album before for, you know, whoever. I think it'd be cool to do something different. And in fact, Michael Blake, one of his fa my favorite albums of his, because I, I think he's a great uh, singer and performer, um, he brought in like six different kind of young guns from around the country to arrange all these songs. It wasn't on this last album but the one before. And that's my favorite album because it just is so different and some of it's kind of live and I really like it. I mean, he went back to sort of the uh, David Foster productions on these last ones, which is more, you know, lots of strings and, you know, just kind of a giant Hallmark movie more. But. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what 
kind what what is your approach to your own songwriting and where does that how does that what's the essence of it on this album would you say well i think um on this particular one there was a couple of songs i just wanted to start with i didn't i didn't really want to do like let's do a whole album of originals it's not necessarily what you see in the show so i didn't want to misrepresent that and um i just wanted to get my feet under me i guess so but I also wanted to do songs that were really different. They just all weren't the same. I have one that almost has a country tinge on there. Like I said, I have one that's a slower song that we featured in a movie that has a rap artist on it. Um, there's another one that's, uh, it's almost patriotic, but I don't want to be too on the nose of that. But um, So it's kind of sprinkled throughout of all those things. But I think as you go, sometimes for me it's consistency. I write every Tuesday. Um, with some of the guys, some of my best friends are from Nashville, and there's even a guy I met here in South Dakota that we write every Tuesday together. The other guys I write by uh, FaceTime most of the time. <laughs> but uh, so now, you know, on that particular album, I was like, okay, I've got ten songs. I want to pick a few. But now, in the last you know year, I probably have eighty, ninety songs. So I think I'm I'm kind of super excited again that that was where I was at that point, and uh, we've been working hard to you know, move in another direction and move further, I guess, in this direction. Even though the songs in the album are a mix of big band songs, other people's songs, your own songs, they're still all your babies, they're still all your kids, so you're you're proud of them all because they all made the cut. Which one is, and this is the tough one, is there one that there's a signature song that you most, I don't know if it's proud of is the one, but you're like, that's on there. I want you, the listener, make sure you pay attention to blank. Is there one? <laughs> oh, man, that is, yeah, I don't know. That is hard. I have three girls, and so that's like, oh, which one do you like? You know, and <laughs> yeah. on the right day, I tell you, I'd be like, the three-year-old is my favorite. But, um, uh, you know, that's, that's hard. It, it's funny. I can say the first song on there, Crazy For You, it's from an artist I had not heard of. And actually the engineer for the album brought it in and said, I think this would be a cool, cool song for you to do. And when I was singing it, I kind of thought, uh, but it's one of my favorites now listening to it because, you know, I wasn't that excited about singing it. And I, I like how it turned out, which is why I put it first on the album. Um, but I don't know if I was going to pick a song. There is um, a song that I've referenced a few times called uh, Who Will Love Me. And what was interesting about that song, it's a third song on, but um, it was a song I'd written, one of my first songs I ever wrote, ever. And we put it on a Tonic Sulfa album long time ago, but we didn't really know what we were doing. And I'd never written uh, any verses. And that's the one where I was like, I just had a chorus. And each time the chorus, it changed. And when we recorded Tonic Sulfa, we just did a chorus, and another chorus, another chorus and then an interlude, and then we repeated the first chorus again. And so I thought it'd be cool to have a verse, and so that's when I had one of my friends, like I said, he, he put in like a, a whole, wrote all these lyrics and wrapped these different verses, and I just feel like it makes that song. So it was kind of cool, two different worlds on that one song. I think, um, I think it turned out good. So now it's it's showtime. We're going to have, of course, the performance on the 24th at Pablo Center in the RCU Theater here in Eau Claire. What are people going to see this time around with Sean Johnson's big band experience? Well, I think, as I said before, it's always entertaining. We kind of make a lot of calls off the cuff, so the show is always changing. We are learning so much new music right now because we are doing combined shows at Tonic Solva, so that brings new music. And, of course, Christmas is coming up, so we're learning new music for that. And then I think we just got off of kind of a more extensive summer tour. 
uh, just crazy outdoor venues where everyone was dancing to like little clubs where everyone was listening. And so um, I think in some ways we're kind of a, a, a better oiled machine than we have been. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just feel like it's kind of new and all these exciting things are happening. So I can't, I think we're all just like uh, ready to explode out of this cannon on stage, kind of. And uh, I think we bring all of that, hopefully, just in, gosh, not very many days here in August. Uh-huh. Coming up really, really soon, gosh, now in just just over, uh, just under two weeks from now here in Eau Claire anyway. And then, of course, with the rest of the tour dates, If is there a venue where you'd love to perform with the big band anywhere perfect world and you guys get booked to perform with this at some event what's like utopia for the big band experience oh man you know for me i i think you're living in national stuff i think it'd be so cool to do a show at the ryman Mm. um you know i think it's i don't know maybe 2500 seats you know national's a really hard town because it's just everybody will perform for hours for free so it's a really hard town to sell tickets in. So I think in some ways, if you could do the Ryman, and that's every different style of music shows up at the Ryman, and it's kind of that, you know, mother church. It's got the, it's just got this cool vibe, of course, from being the original Grand Ole Opry kind of thing. But now just everybody p- performs there. I mean, from Bruce Springsteen to, to Garth to Taylor Swift to, you know, whoever. And But also for the Lumineers were just there, and uh, Dave Barnes I just saw, and um so I think to do that would be really cool for me, uh, just for a variety of reasons. Like I said, living there and, and that it's such a tough town to, to sell tickets in. And um, I think that would be a cool thing. People always talk about, you know, performing at Carnegie Hall or something. I, you know, that would be awesome. I think it would be great. But, but to me, I'd probably be the Ryman. Well, one day, hopefully, we'll see that on the tour schedule, and we're looking forward to that at some point. In the meantime, let's hope everyone around here gets a chance to go over and see you before the tickets sell out and Sean Johnson's Big Band Experience Saturday, August 24th, 7.30 p.m. at Pablo Center uh, at the Confluence in downtown Eau Claire in the RCU Theater. Sean, thanks for taking time to talk about the entire project. Best of luck on the tour, and as everything develops, and we're already looking forward to the next album. Oh, thank you so much. You were just uh, fantastic, so I appreciate it a lot. Well, that was a fun interview with Sean Johnson. The Sean Johnson Big Band Experience performing at Pablo Center at the Confluence in Eau Claire on August 24th. He'll be back in Eau Claire with Tonic Sofa in December, December 12th at Pablo Center at the Confluence. Now, to learn more about the Sean Johnson Big Band Experience, look at tour dates, order the new CD. Capital came out in the summer of 2019. Get all sorts of other information, go to SeanJohnsonMusic.com. Spelled with a U, S-H-A-U-N, SeanJohnsonMusic.com. And to learn more about Tonic Solfa, go to TonicSolfa.com. That's Tonic, S-O-L-F-A, TonicSolfa.com. It's been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. I'm Luke Anthony. As always, thanks to Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin for Providing the studio, of course, they're my employer. And make sure you subscribe to Got Time for a Quick Story on whatever platform you use. Apple, Android, through Stitcher, through Spotify. Make sure you subscribe so you get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And so you can also rate the podcast. Got time for a quick story? I'm Luke Anthony.